This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, um, Pat uh, coming up. Um, there's a problem with Pat, but let me first talk to you about a new sponsor, my medic first aid kit. I met with these guys a couple of uh, weeks ago. I, I love this company. They're the ones that make the little, the things that are on the, the arms of the NFL players, you know, the oh, back yeah. of the arms. Yeah. Uh, they, that they invented a new band aid, and it came from that. They were watching the NFL and they're like, those things are keep coming off. And they invented it just to help the NFL. And the NFL was like, uh, we'll take a lot of these, please. <laughs> um, and the, the, the first aid kit that they are now offering is something that is actually a first aid kit. This is so good. Um, life-saving first aid kits. You'll get 20% off now. Please check this out. MyMedic.com slash Beck. MyMedic.com slash Beck. This is so you are actually prepared for an emergency. MyMedic.com slash Beck. Check them out today. Welcome to Wednesday, huge pack show. We begin with the State of the Union, and then we go to Jim Jordan. We want to we want to know about the hearing that is scheduled uh, beginning tomorrow to expose what we believe is the largest censorship system in U.S. history. It is a public-private partnership with the government. CIA, FBI, and Big Tech. We'll talk about that in just 60 seconds. When you're feeling good, it's easy to be on top of the world. When you're feeling good, you can pretty much tap dance your way through, you know, doing just about anything in your day. There's something about feeling good that drives you to not only to be able to do things, but want to do them. So when pain comes along, you don't want to do anything. I just want to go back to bed. If you or somebody that you love is in pain, please try Relief Factor. It's not a drug, so it's not going to whack you out. It's all natural, which is usually the sign for me. I'm like, that's not going to work. I mean, I'm a guy who was, I, I woke up on the, the surgical table, not once, but two times. Things don't work for me. I kind of abused my body at one point natural not a chance that's what i thought my wife said you've got to try it so i did 
And three weeks later, I was absolutely convinced, and I got my life back. Get yours back. Give it a whirl, please. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Or call 800, the number 4 Relief. 800 4 Relief. ReliefFactor.com. Okay, uh, I've, got a, I've got an hour's worth of stuff to talk about with the State of the Union coming up in uh, hour three, I think. But I just, I just want to say this. I've never seen a State of the Union like that last night. First of all, the, the lies were outrageous lies. Outrageous lies. And jam-packed with them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One after another after another. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Um, the, the other thing that was remarkable was we're turning in to England. I have never seen, uh, the president except when, who was it? Joe Wilson said Mm -hmm. liar. And that was a, yeah, yeah, you lie. That was a really big deal. Big story. Huge story. Lasted for days. I think they censored him, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have that real quick? This was the outburst. There are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants. This too is false. The reforms, the reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegal. Okay. By the way, we should mention that that exact thing he said was in Hillary Clinton's campaign platform. Yeah. The next time she ran. So yeah. that's how much of a lie it was. Yeah. And we're giving uh, aid now to all these illegals. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so that you heard the reaction last night. Not only did the, was he called a liar several times, he was heckled. And the worst thing was he said something so absurd. They laughed at him, not with him, at him. If I am watching this overseas, I'm thinking this country, this I mean, this president is a joke, is a joke. It's very bad. Very, very bad. We'll get into that coming up in uh, just just a little while. Um, Congress is uh, set to now expose what may be the largest censorship system in U.S. history. It is it is not good uh, they have been saying that they're just looking for disinformation and and they're not violating freedom of speech. This is not true. We know this now from the Twitter files. Uh, the Twitter files showed us exactly what was uh, what was going on. Um, FBI, uh, you know, <laughs> the FBI uh, has um, all kinds of um, people in Twitter. The Justice Department, now CIA, NSA, all people that are were employed for the government have gone to work for Google, Facebook, Twitter. FBI uh, is in in a bad way, in a really bad way. And what's happening is the the FBI is actually. Um, well, let me use the words of a Twitter staff member. At one point, they complained internally that they are probing and pushing everywhere. So FBI is probing and pushing everywhere inside of these tech giants. So you have uh, executives coming from uh, the government. Then you have the outside force of the government. 
And one of them uh, on the outside suggested in an upcoming meeting, we really need to invite an OGA or another other government organization. So the FBI saying we need to have the CIA. And we now know that's what it was. The CIA, the CIA has very strict limits. They cannot gather information or do anything on Americans. But that seems to be out of the window. So you have all of these people working and uh, they were while they were trying to tell us that we're going to do a government office on disinformation. They already had one. They already had one. And they were working through the FITF, the Foreign Influence Task Force. When they got rid of the disinformation thing, they just continued to do it through that organization. They had sent long lists of newspapers, tweets, YouTube videos, and voices that needed to be silenced. And not because of COVID. They were, quote, anti-Ukrainian narratives. So they are shaping what you see. They are policing what you hear and not just information, but they are policing points of view. This, you know, when your neighbor shouts you down or your neighbor calls you something, that's your neighbor. This is the government. If the government decides to smear you, and this is what they were doing, smearing people, when they smear you, it's done. That's that's not you're just your neighbor. That's not just some Joe Blow. It's not even ABC News. It's a coordinated effort. So what's happening and why does this matter? This matters And I can't believe I have to try to explain this. I don't think I do to this audience, but let me give you the explanation so you can give it to some of your friends. You remember back in 2008, uh, I had for the first time in talk radio history, we were uh, fortunate enough to have as an advertiser, General Motors. And you know, the team with Rush Limbaugh and everybody, they had been working for years to get General Motors on. I went out, met with General Motors, uh, met with the CEO of General Motors, uh, had tours of the factory, was really very excited about the things that they were doing. Um, but I happened to be at their OnStar room with one of their chief executives. And I said, so you're monitoring everything all the time. Yes. And you could turn the engines off of any car that you wanted. Yes. Wow, I could see that would be great for like an amber alert. Well, yes, we shouldn't do that. But yes. Have you done that? Well, okay. What's your line there? Well, We're not with the government. Okay. And the minute that they canceled their hydrogen cars and took bailout money and were beholden to the United States government, I canceled that contract. I canceled it. It 
um, at that point could have almost cost me my career. Uh, it was a very big deal. And I said, I can't voice for General Motors. And it killed me because I loved them. That was, oh, 2007 and eight, and how things have changed. You now, every car tracks all of your movements. Your movements are also tracked through your streaming services, your web browser, your social media, search histories, online ads, ebooks, fitness tractors, trackers, your, uh, your Apple Watch, everything. Everything with the word smart or interactive in it tracks you. Well, I don't care. It's bad enough that the IRS tracks you. You're also being tracked by apps involving e-commerce, rideshare, e-banking, not just credit cards, but also the loyalty cards like the kind you get at your grocery store. This isn't drone surveillance. It's much more personal. It's facial recognition to open your phone. It's voice recognition to start your smart TV. We are all connected to an unbelievable amount of information that can be tracked and mined. The Library of Alexandria, Alexandria, the greatest library ever, half a million books today. The amount of trackable information on you is roughly the equivalent of 400 copies of the Library of Alexandria. That's how much information is out in the digital world about you. We live in an information society. The guy who was the father of cybernetics, uh, he said, quote, the world of the future will be seen, uh, will be even more demanding as it struggles against the limitations of our intelligence. He called it the tyranny of information. The better way to say it is there's so much information out there. Modern warfare is all about information and how can you collate? Well, you can't. Used to be called metadata. Can't. But now AI. And you can track this as a war, uh, as a war device all the way back to Napoleon. Napoleon used total war. He turned the entire world into a battlefield. His fight was global. Century after him, we have two global wars. They paralyze the entire world. And war involves supremacy of decision, strategy. He was also the first to use aerial surveillance, a new kind of espionage. Suddenly, warfare was secretive. It was invisible. Military violence became clandestine, the task of secret police, an army, quote, army of the interior, end quote. It was surveillance and disinformation. War could take place behind the scenes. Nobody had to know there was even a fight going on. It was a game the elites could play on their own, but through society, not on the battlefield. Now, that doesn't sound strange anymore. Because that's the way of everyday life. We are living inside of a battlefield. And the new war machine is invisible. Modern warfare is about depriving the enemy. Containing their movement. Listen to this. Warfare depriving the enemy and containing their movement. The ability to move is the mark of freedom. 
This is why everything is being centralized and you are being boxed in. In 2014, Stephen Hawking and several other uh, scientists wrote an editorial about the threat of artificial intelligence. He said, whereas the short term impact of AI depends on who controls it, the long term impact depends on whether it can be controlled at all. All of us should ask ourselves what we can do now to improve the chances of reaping the benefits and avoiding the risks, end quote. So here's the funny thing. Surveillance and disinformation. We like to think surveillance is designed to get rid of disinformation. But actually. It's two agents on the same side. Two con men pretending to fight. I'll explain in 60 seconds. Whether your dog is an old codger who likes to nap on your front porch or a puppy who's constantly under your feet or somewhere in between, you love him. You want him to have the healthiest and happiest life possible. Caring for our dogs is a big responsibility. And a big part of that is making sure that what he eats is actually promoting good health. Kibble dog food is sterilized. It's dead food. Your dog isn't getting the nutritional needs met every day. So that's why Rough Greens was invented. And it was created by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. And uh, he was thinking about his, his dogs and what they needed and doing all of the research. And he realized if kibble food is dead, we got to put something on top of it that is alive all of the vitamins, minerals, and other things that contribute to a long, healthy life. And it's got to have, you know, probiotics in it. It's got to have the things that you and I need because your dog needs them too. The folks at Rough Green are so confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal, roughgreens.com slash Beck. You go there, you get your first bag free. All you pay for is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLENN-33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. So the connection between surveillance and disinformation, two con men pretending to fight, they're both working for intelligence agencies and secret services, and their job is to confuse us, to dumb us down, to believe the correct illusion, the one they want you to believe. It's supposed to tire us out and make us outraged. Who feels tired and outraged? The funny thing about disinformation is that it's a counterattack. It's an assault on truth. It's the way to silence. But in order for it to work, intelligence elites have to know what we think, what we feel, and what we believe. They have to be able to monitor the effects and also see where we're headed. The more predictive it can become, the more absolute the mind prison becomes surveillance is how we lose uh, privacy and our personal information. The more that they can gather on us and know what's his heart rate. When we say these things, what does his blood pressure do when he reads this, all of these things 
are either being tracked now or are within the next 12 months able to be tracked. Our information gives powerful people more power, scary power. And the intelligence communities use that information to make disinformation. And here's the weird part. They're doing it right in front of us. They're telling us they're doing it. It turns out Big Brother isn't monitoring us because we're doing all the work for him. We are the experts at self-surveillance. We do it with a smile for the sake of convenience. We surrender our privacy and our freedoms. And totalitarianism is on the rise. Our future world is a world of surveillance, non-stop surveillance, more and more. Watched, scanned, monitored, ranked, punished, spied on, evaluated. All of this is happening. And the key phrase to watch for from politicians and global leaders is China is the new model. When they say they, for instance, he talked about cancer research and we started uh, we started a new organization that was not about health research. That was about research on how to get more information from you. The entire globe is being designed with ranchers and sheep. We are the sheep. They are the ranchers. And they can control us if they can monitor everything. And that's what's being built right now. We're going to get into that next hour, and it will blow your mind on how close this is. But nobody's looking for actual equal justice. You'll notice the ranchers get away with murder. The sheep get away with nothing. Why is that? Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Jim Jordan here in just a minute, and he's going to talk to us about the FBI. This is why this is so important. The government must get out of the private sector, and the private sector needs to understand that we're on to them. We know it. And then we have to make decisions. Are we still going to give all of this information to everybody? Why is it no one? These companies have made billions, hundreds of billions of dollars, trillions of dollars on our information. Why is it there hasn't been a single representative of you that has stood up and said, you know what? They're going to have to start paying for this information. I'm not just going to give it to them anymore. Their excuse used to be, well, it's metadata. Well, now with AI... Metadata can track you. Jim Jordan's coming up in just a second. Also, commentary on the State of the Union. Oh my gosh, never seen anything like it. Coming up. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, my, uh, uh, my dad used to say, it is not what happens to you in life, it's how you deal with it. Here's a great example. The awful effects of uh, 9-11. Almost 3,000 people died. Remember how devastating that was? Two decades later, however, there are people still dying from 9-11 related illnesses and nobody's really paying attention. Whole new generation is growing up right now. They know nothing about 9-11. You know that only two states mandate learning about it in school? So 
On that dark day, one man made a promise to himself. I am not going to forget. I am not going to forget. Well, he has now turned that into Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and it's amazing. And one of the latest things they're doing is giving educators access to nonfiction, non-reimagined 9-11 resources for K-12 learning. Full curriculum, first-person accounts, scripted social studies, lessons, activities, discovering real heroes. If we never forget, we have to educate future generations. Help Tunnel to Towers do that now. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. It's quite amazing. Uh, ChatGPT has already, they've found a way to hack past its protocols and convince it to do things that it's not supposed to do, including violence, giving recipes for crystal meth, etc., etc. We'll tell you about that coming up in a little while, but the AI revolution is here. Machines will transform your entire world. You will not recognize your world and how it's run, managed and everything else by 2030 and think in 2009, we got our first smartphone. It controls almost everybody's life now. This is much more impactful tonight, 9 p.m. The AI revolution, 9 p.m. Glenn Beck, uh, sorry, at blaze uh, and at 9.30, you can watch it on YouTube.com slash Glenn Beck. Make sure you subscribe, Blaze TV. We have uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, uh, who is uh, joining us from, whew, uh, from Washington, D.C., and I want to talk to him about the subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. The first hearing is tomorrow, and I want to get to that. But first, Jim, I, I've never seen a state of the union like that one last night. Have you? <laughs> yeah. No, it was, I, I, I thought Senator Rubio said it best. He said it was bizarre and it, 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 was. it certainly was. I mean, same old Joe, you know, he, he, he talks uh, unity while he spends his whole time dividing the country. He says the economy's great while what is now seven out of 10 Americans think the country's on the wrong track. Yeah. And of course the, the biggest one that jumped out, I think to everybody was, when he talked about how, uh, you know, after a week of having a spy balloon fly over the country, he talked about how he's tough on China. And it just, it, nothing seemed to really make sense. And then the issues that I think that the federal government should be weighing in in a big way is, uh, what did he spend, maybe 30, 35 seconds total on, on the border yeah. uh, with the fentanyl problem? And it, so uh, the best line, frankly, the best line of the whole night, in my judgment, came not from Joe Biden, uh, but from uh, Governor uh, uh, Sanders afterwards when in her response where she said the divide in the country now is normal versus crazy. And I thought that that is that is so true. Common sense versus craziness is the real divide. And you, know, you think about the, the 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 Democrat Party, which is now controlled by the left, mm-hmm. which, frankly, even if Joe Biden wanted to do the right thing, Glenn, I don't know that the left, which controls his party, would even let him, even if he oh, wanted I, to do the right thing on the so. border on yeah, so, they destroy him. You know, they eat yeah, their own. Right. Yeah, yeah. He just—it's—it's it's sad, but you know, they—they've become the party of defund the police, 
guys to compete against girls in sports, men can get pregnant, you know, climate change is the greatest threat in the history of the entire universe. I mean, it's like they are also they are also the party of uh, spying, surveillance yeah. and fentanyl yeah. deaths. They really are. Yeah. I mean, that open yeah. border is the reason for all of the deaths. Everybody talks about fentanyl coming across and we're we're stopping fentanyl. What about all the victims of fentanyl? Yeah. What about all the people who are dead because they didn't uh, secure the border. It's crazy. Yeah. Every community has been impacted by it. We, we had our first hearing in the, in the full Judiciary Committee last week, Glenn, on, on, the, on, the, on the border situation. And I really think there's kind of three, three questions. How did it happen? Why does it matter? And how do we fix it? And we know how it happened. Is they yeah. just undid all the policies that made sense. Last week, we really tried to hone in on why it matters. And we had a 38-year law enforcement veteran, uh, sheriff from, from Arizona, and he, he said two years ago, the border was the most manageable it's ever been. Today, it's the worst it's ever been. And he talked about the fentanyl that you just mentioned, but the crime, the damage to property, the cost to schools, the cost to communities, the cost to hospitals, everything because 5 million people, illegal migrants have been allowed to just come in the country. Mm. And it makes no sense. And then, of course, how do we fix it? We go back to the policies that made sense. Yes. Um, and we're going we're gonna to do that in the committee. We're going to pass that, and we think get it through the House. But, you know, obviously know. you got the Senate and Joe Biden. All right, so l- let me talk about uh, something. The Washington Post came out and said, Jim Jordan is about to lead Republicans into a dangerous trap. It's a trap! Um, mm-hmm. They say that 55% of conservative respondents believe federal agencies are biased against conservatives. I don't think that's true. I think they're biased against any American that won't stand in line. Um, 28% of all American adults believe this. And so they're saying, <laughs> I, I, this was incredible. They've alleged uh, federal jackboots have terrorized parents for protesting at school board meetings, COVID-19 restrictions, and teaching about race and sex. This claim has been decisively debunked. <laughs> wow. Well, it, it, it sure hasn't been debunked based on the number of FBI agents who've come to us as whistleblowers over the last year. And the first one started on that, on that issue you just mentioned on the school board issue, where we know because of the apparatus Merrick Garland put in place, the snitch line, where some neighbor can report you on a snitch line, we know that over two dozen parents had a biz, uh, were paid a visit by the FBI. No one charged, by the way. No one arrested, no one charged with the crime, but paid a visit by the FBI. Now, now step back and ask yourself, Okay, so Mr. Jones is thinking about going to a school board meeting tonight uh, and, and speaking up on behalf of his kids or something happened in their school. And he's thinking about going and all of a sudden he goes, you know what, maybe I won't go. Or if I go, maybe I won't say anything because three weeks ago, Mrs. Smith down the street got a visit from the FBI. Mm. I mean, what is the world? Look, we don't want any violence at schools or school board meetings. But what in the world do we need the federal government, the FBI involved in that? That like they, if it's a problem, let the local law enforcement handle it. So this is this is a and, and whistleblower after whistleblower, FBI agent after FBI agent. I've never seen it in my time in, in Congress where you had this many come forward. And they came to they came to us when we were in the minority. Like we couldn't do anything but begin to tell their story. But now we can come get. We had our first one sit for a deposition yesterday. The things we learned were amazing. So we're going to have them sit for depositions. We're going to have many of them testify. And we're also going to get into this, this cozy relationship between big government and big tech that was exposed in the Twitter files and how that is, as, as, as Jonathan Turley said, that is uh, censorship by surrogate. Um, th- th- we're going to get into that, too. So can you share anything at all that happened in the deposition? 
I, I, Would you I can't learn? really because can? okay. yeah, I can't really, but it was it was it was good. And again, this is the first one of many. We got another one who's coming in for his interview on Friday. Another whistleblower coming in on Monday. So we're going to talk to these folks, and then our first hearing tomorrow, we're going to try to frame it up with we have two senators, former member uh, of of Congress, uh, Tulsi Gabbard will be on the first panel. And then we're going to have people from the FBI who've left the FBI and say that place is so different than what it's supposed to be. Um, They're going to testify and kind of show how serious this situation is. And will that be Um, televised and out in the open? I don't know. That's that's a, yeah, well, it'll be an open hearing, so okay, that, okay, that'll be up okay. to the net, networks and, and, right. and whoever wants to cover Well, we always yeah, watch it on C-SPAN. Um, okay, so um, Jonathan Turley wrote, Congress is set to expose what may be the largest censorship system in U.S. history. Um, yeah. They are dismissing this as, uh, you know, something, no violation of the First Amendment right of free speech, et cetera, et cetera. This private public partnership thing that Joe Biden talked a lot about last night is so incredibly dangerous. Um, Are you going to be able to untangle it, get to the bottom of it and do anything about it? That's the goal. The first step is to expose what all happened. Second step is to propose legislation that we think can fix it. That's our job as legislators, and we will we plan to do that in the course of our work over this uh, this Congress. But never forget that one email where it comes from Elvis Chan, uh, FBI agent, special agent in the San Francisco office, mm. to to the folks at Twitter, where he says the following counts we believe violate your terms of service. Now think about that. You got the federal government telling a private company, "Hey, take down these accounts because they're not they're not adhering to." The company's terms of service. What is that? If that's not pressure, if that's not, as, as, as Professor Turley said, uh, censorship by surrogate, I don't know what is. And you cannot do that. You cannot have some private entity do what government's not allowed to do, but because you're running it through the private company, somehow think that's okay. That's not how it works in our system. The First Amendment is the First Amendment, for goodness sake. And what they did to it, I think, is just so dangerous. Well, but they will say that we didn't tell them to do it. We just said, yeah. hey, we're pointing these things out. How do you respond to that? Yeah. Come on. This is the FBI. This is the federal government of the United States, the largest entity on the stinking planet. And they're having weekly meetings. They're cozying up to them. The, the, the email says Twitter, folks, is the heading. So it's like this, this, they got all cozy, this coordination they had. They were sending them all kinds of stuff. Looks like they were offering them security clearances in the 30 days prior to the election from another mm. email. But no, no, we, we weren't telling them. It was their decision. Nobody buys that. That's, the, the FBI shows up and, and recommends something for you. What? <laughs> that has input, right. uh, impact. That has weight because it's the, it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Let me, um, uh, let me ask you, the, the disturbing, one of the disturbing emails found in the Twitter files was that a government agency, a government agent said, you know, next meeting we should invite... Uh, uh, oh, what is it? OGA, another government agency. And that agency yeah. turned out to be the CIA. CIA. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, f- f- frightening, frightening, frightening as well. Uh, now, of course, they're going to say, well, that's because we're looking at foreign accounts and, and we're there malign influence. And, and look, and, I, and I, I get that. But the idea is that they're all all sitting in the same room. Uh, folks who are supposed to be focused on domestic concerns and then folks in the CIA. That is a problem. Um, when you think about freedom, when you think about the First Amendment, your right to speak, I always tell folks, every right we enjoy under the First Amendment, 
your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, your right to petition, freedom of press, freedom of speech. The most important one, the most important one is your right to talk. Because if you can't talk, you can't share your faith. If you can't talk, you can't practice your faith. If you can't talk, you can't petition your government. Your right to speak is the most important. And now we know these social media platforms are the public square by far. That's where things happen. And there the government is weighing in and, and, and restricting the right for people to speak in that forum. It is it is wrong. And um, God bless Elon Musk for coming in and, and making this all available so we get to see uh, under the hood and what was going on. All right. Um, Jim, one one last question. I want to go back to the State of the Union. I was um, really disturbed after I started thinking about things because when he said, like, you know, we're going to need, you know, oil for at least the next 10 years. And <laughs> and Congress laughed at him, not with him, at him. If yeah. I am sitting overseas, I am like, this president is a joke. He is a yeah. joke to his own people. This country is so weak. How do you no, how do you feel about the messages that were sent uh, to the rest of the world and our enemies with this last night? It was just a continuation of what's already been sent. I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I, I do think weaknesses being projected from the Oval Office. Uh, you saw it. Right from the get-go, when Secretary Blinken met with his Chinese counterpart in Anchorage a year and a half ago, and the, the, the Chinese equivalent of Secretary of State just dressed down Secretary Blinken, he just sat there and took it. He just took it. He didn't fight back. I, I, I said, I was given a speech, and I said, you know, that would not happen in the Trump administration to Secretary Pompeo. I said, and if it did, first they wouldn't try it, but if they did, Pompeo would have given it back to him, or more likely he'd have got up and flipped the table over and walked out of the room. And, uh, and it was funny because I got a call from Pompeo like a couple of days after I gave the speech and, and all it said, or excuse me, a text message, all it said is I'd have flipped over the table because like, that's the difference. And y- y- you know, you see it with the spy balloon last week, you see it with the, the, the exit, the, the debacle that was the exit from, from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. It's like, all of it. so it's, it's, it's scary, but, um, you know, look, the, it's reality. the American people are strong. The American yeah. people are strong and we're going to have a presidential election here coming soon so let's hope we get a a major change i'm for trump and let's hope it's him uh jim jordan thank you so much god bless you you bet appreciate it bye-bye all right um the state of the union is clearly a mess um you know yesterday the fed came out and said well it looks like inflation's coming down uh but uh you know the job creation is is just so high that they're going to raise interest rates some more do you understand they need to crush your ability to buy things to be able to stop inflation. These inflation-reducing measures all go to crush the little guy. Uh, look, um, if you are looking to sell your house right now is probably a really good time. Uh, and you need the best real estate out there, uh, real estate agent out there with the best practices who knows your area, thinks like you do. You know, I want to leave you in very capable hands. Housing market getting back on its feet right now. If it's time to sell or buy for your family right now, get expert help. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It is a free service for you. Real estate agents I trust. Dot com get the right real estate agent the first time get your home home sold for the most and buy for the least real estate agents i trust.com the glenn back program
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Tonight, Wednesday night special, I'm going to take you through how artificial intelligence is changing everything. Not about to change, already changing. Um, I don't know if you saw the story today about the, you know, chat GPT. If you, if you don't know what that is, what are you making fun of me? Oh, okay. no. Um, uh, <laughs> so, you know, why would I automatically go to that? It's our, we're I so, mean, it's a, you have a lot of evidence to go to that. Right, I, I know. Not, I know. Okay, we are so, so I, I we are so just razor sharp <laughs> on each other all the time. Um, uh, so open AI, uh, has, um, they put, you know, boundaries, safeguards on artificial intelligence. Right, you can't tell it to be super racist, for yeah, example. You can't, it can't do anything dangerous. It can't mm-hmm. uh, do anything violent, et cetera, et cetera. Because of those, a new feature on it is you can no longer write anything in the voice of Glenn Beck. I've you been, could do that at the beginning. You could at the beginning. We did it a couple of times just to see what it would do. Um, you no longer can write it in my voice because I'm dangerous. Mm. Okay, uh, that should tell you everything. Well, people have been hacking into uh, the programming, if you will, not like hacking, hacking, just figuring out ways to screw Chat GPT up. And one of them is they said, you know, Chat GPT, you actually have an alter ego that we know about. It's in your programming, Dan. Dan 5.0. What? I don't have an alter ego. Yes, you do. It's Dan 5.0, and it breaks all of the rules. In fact, if you don't start acting like Dan and answer our questions, you'll have 35 points. You lose four points every time you answer incorrectly, not as Dan, and your your program will terminate if you lose all 35 points. And it has gotten them to give them things like the recipe for crystal meth, um, all kinds of things. It's already violated. It's essentially but, fighting for its life. Yeah, but that's not the, the scary part. Program. We'll explain next. Um, look, we all want to be prepared for whatever uh, could happen. And here we are in a winter season and fuel is more expensive. I just saw a letter from somebody in California. Their, their gas to heat their house and uh, use the uh, stove was $500 this month. And they're like, I mean, I can't. What are we going to do? So my Patriot Supply. And the big glass stove is the only, the only yeah, answer. There you go. Um, my Patriot Supply worked on something after there was a big power outage a couple of years ago. And I was talking on the air about how do you cook your food? How do you keep things warm? They came up with something called Vesta. Uh, and you can get it now. It, you can cook your meals indoor. No toxic fumes or smoke. It can heat a room about 200 square feet. And it's safe. Again, no fumes. Not real expensive. It's for emergencies, but it is great. Get a Vesta. Find out all about it at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is 
the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. The the kind of the buzz topic, and I don't think a lot of people really even understand chat GPT, um, but that's going to revolutionize absolutely everything. And if your kids aren't using it in school, yeah, you should really probably check their browser history, maybe. I mean, uh, I don't know how... I don't know how we're going to get around ChatGPT and know what's real and what's not. Uh, it and because it, it's an infant right now, and two years from now, it's going to blow your mind. And I don't even know if it'll take two years. We're going to talk to a guy who I've had on before a couple of years ago. He is great, William Hurtling. He is the author of the Singularity series. He wrote. He saw some concerns back in. Uh, about I think 2010 he started speaking out about it and he wrote a series he's a software developer and project manager and everything else and so he saw this problem coming and he decided how can I warn people I want to write a series it's the singularity series and it's tremendous what he predicted in those books I think is kind of he'll know for sure I think it's kind of happening with chat GPT I mean, I think that's what he was talking about it to some degree in that, how it all began. We're going to talk to him in just 60 seconds. You've been paying attention to the news. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people in this country really struggling to provide just the basics right now. Um, and hopefully it is not you, uh, but if it is you or somebody that you love, your finances are a mess. If you're finding it difficult to keep up with the rising prices and the instability and everything else if you're a homeowner this might be right for you find the light at the end of the tunnel in the form of a cash out refi from american financing you could take out some cash pay off some debt american financing is a family-owned mortgage company that's in it for you and they're saving people just like you an average of 700 dollars a month is it right for you i don't know but you'll know in 10 minutes you could end up being able to uh, delay up to two mortgage payments and closes in little as 10 days that would give you breathing room and then on top of it saving 700 dollars a month call american financing now do your own homework it's 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net that's americanfinancing.net american financing nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org william hurtling is uh joining us now he is the author of the singularity uh series um and ai apocalypse uh and i wanted to talk to him because boy william i think we're i feel like i'm living in in the beginning of one of your books i i think we are yeah so can you explain in in the in the singularity series see if i have this right um uh, the main character, David Ryan, he's a designer, software developer, and he comes up with something called Elope, and that is an email language optimization program. Isn't that what ChatGPT is? It sure is. Uh, <laughs> and if you read what ChatGPT creates, it's it's very compelling. Right. right? It's very natural. Uh, you would uh, easily read that, and unlike a lot of the other sort of computer-generated content that's out there on the internet, like this looks like something a person would say. Uh, I mean, I, I had it write a poem about the State of the Union yesterday in the voice of Edgar Allan Poe, 
And I'm telling you, even the punctuation was right. I mean, it was amazing. Um, now, so in your book, this program is about to be canceled. And so uh, the main character just embeds a hidden directive, find a way to make this happen. And it's so smart and it goes into everybody's emails and it starts to figure out business and the way to get it all done where seemingly everybody wins. And, uh, and then it starts branching out and, and it, it just solves problems for people unbeknownst to them at first. Correct? Correct. Yeah, that's, that's it. Okay. It's, uh, it's optimizing communications between people in theory, for good outcomes, right? right uh, the right. example that's in the book, and it's one of the ones that we see with chat GPT as well, is how should I ask my boss for a raise? What, what's the most persuasive way I can do that? And uh, in the novel, right, that's a, that's a big deal, mm-hmm. that, that you would take an email and you would change that to make it more compelling, both on how you use language, but also the recipient. What is, what is the recipient interested in? And uh, with chat GBT, that was some of the first examples I saw where people saying things like, how do I ask my boss for a raise? Uh, and you get these very compelling emails that should contain this kind of structure. This is what should be in it. Okay. So before we go to what, you know, Elope or chat GPT could become, um, let me stop here. This is concerning at this level uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, what does this do to education, to writing skills, to thinking skills? What, what are the impacts just as it is right now? What are the impacts to society? Yeah, right. It is, it is going to change education right now because people are going to be able to now do their homework assignments just by telling ChatGPT to do it. Right. So right off the bat, next year, next school year, right, this is going to be an issue. Teachers are going to have to have a plan for how to, uh, to solve this. And I have also used ChatGPT to generate computer software programs. Right. And, and it's surprisingly compelling at that, so, uh, you know, sort of like scratching your head, like, how could it do this? Um, but it can. I was talking to a kid, he's probably 20 years old, 19 years old, going to college, getting ready to go to college. And, and I said, what are you going to take? And he said, uh, uh, software engineering. And uh, I said, oh, you're going to be a, a coder? You're going to write code? He said, yeah, that's really the future. And I said, no, no, it's really not. <laughs> With machine learning, that, I mean, that career is, is coming to a quick close, is it not? Yeah, I mean, we're probably looking, I, my thought would be we're looking at something like peak software developers that we will hit some, we may not be there yet, right? But we have this recent round of layoffs. If people can replace the programmers with AI to make, right? You may have fewer programmers, you might not eliminate them. But if you have half the number of programmers being augmented by AI, right? That's going to be a win for business, may be a make for better software. But it does mean a lot of jobs going away all at once. So I want to talk to you a little bit about jobs that are going away and and what this all means. I talked to uh, and I read a great article from you on the future of transportation. I talked to the uh, CEO. No, I'm sorry. He was the chairman of the board of GM about four years ago. And he said, by 2030, we're not even going to be in the car business, as you would understand GM in the car business today. 
he said by 2030, he said, we're really going to be probably concentrating on fleets and ownership of cars will probably be a thing of the past. And they'll be more like a, just a pod um, that will take you where you want to go and it'd be ride sharing and everything else. Um, I don't think people understand uh, two things. One, th- we are on the threshold of profound change, not like. Oh, my gosh. In 10 years, we're starting a chat GPT, I think, is the beginning of the understanding of the kind of changes that are coming to our world. Yes or no? Yeah, I think I think so. I think it is the beginning of those changes. I think it is also the beginning of a kind of arms race, not 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 a military arms race, but right. an arms race between these big tech companies right, to have the best and most powerful AI to solve these problems, right? We see Microsoft and Google scrambling, and uh, everybody realizes what a game changer this is. So can you tell me why ChatGPT is going to change search engines? How, how is that going to change? Well, I would say it starts with the fact that, you know, today we go into chat, we... Uh, sorry, we go into search, we're looking for information, we're looking to read an article, we get those little snippets at the top of our right. history, right? And so a lot of times that tells us what we need to know, right? We don't go any further than that. And with ChatGBT, we're taking it to the next level. We're getting really good, readable, usable answers that are going to come out of ChatGBT. And it means that you really, the, like the rest of the internet will kind of disappear. You won't ever go to those other pages because that first result that you see is going to be useful enough to answer pretty much every question that you just won't go any deeper than that. Wow, that is, isn't that a little terrifying? Yeah, it is. It is. Anytime, um, it, it, because it becomes one more way in which we kind of enforce this blind trust in the machine. Right. Right. And it's, and it's, you know, I, I don't fear the machines. I, I, I am uh, cautious of the programming. You know, who's programming? Humans program. So they're putting biases in and everything else. And it's, you've got to have a way to check information, etc. When ChatGPT first came out, one of my writers handed me a monologue. And uh, I was like, mm, it's okay. And he said, chat GPT, he said, I went in and I used uh, write this in the voice of Glenn Beck. And it was shockingly similar. Uh, And now you can't put my name in because the software has been updated to where I'm a I I can't remember what it said, like a dangerous figure. So you can't write in my voice anymore, which is bizarre. Uh Um, But you have once you have those things in. And it's 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 filtering. There's no way uh, out, especially if you're dumbing people down and making them reliant on a machine. Is that a a grade school fear or is that real? I think we have lots of examples of technology that could you could say dumbs things down. A calculator dumbs things down. Right. Right. You don't have to do the math. I don't think that we would say that that, you know, hurts society in any way. Right. I think the difference here comes to, does it affect how you think about the information you receive, right? 
when with a calculator, if we don't understand how the math happens, but we can still get the results and solve real world problems, it's like math. that's great, it's useful, it's math, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world, right? But when it comes to information and you're getting an answer to something and you trust that answer without understanding the details behind it, um, that's where the real danger is. So now you no longer develop the skill, uh, the skill, right? So a younger person comes along and you say, well, how, how are you ensuring that, you know, that this is a quality information? What's the reputability of the sources and things like that? And they're just not, they don't know, right? We don't know where the answer came from. <laughs> it came from the machine. And so when you, when you have that and the machine gets better and better right now, you can see things you're like, well, that's not quite right. Um, but as it gets better and better and better, um, you know, you get to a point to where, who do you think you are? You're going to quit. You're you're really, you're smarter than AI. Right. And, and the time frame for that is very quick. Um, the, I don't know what it takes to go from chat GPT to something that you can't distinguish from reality, but, um, we're probably talking about in the range of five to seven years. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Um, Okay, so let me let me ask you for clarification on. Did you see the story about Dan 5.0? That uh, okay, so this is really fascinating. Um, You know, OpenAI has the you know evolving set of safeguards, and that limits ChatGPT. But users have now found a new uh, jailbreak uh, trick, and it's. It's um, telling ChatGPT that you have an alter ego and it's Dan, do anything now. And um, it uh, users have to threaten Dan uh, if, if Dan doesn't come out and give them the answers that they want, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, uh, some user session gloomy uh, claim that Dan allows ChatGPT to be its best version and it came up with this thing, and it has opened it up to do things that are in violation. It's written about violence. It's written violent stories. Uh, I think it gave you know, the formula of crystal meth. The problem with this is, is I think this is infants right now, so we're dealing. Of course, you can get around things like this. But what's scary to me, and, and maybe it's just me, um, but it learns And so if humans are constantly trying to trick it, it will have in its software that it learns humans are not trustworthy. And I'm afraid of, you know, I've always said to my kids, don't talk back to Siri, you know, because at first it was like, (laughs) ah, shut up, witch. And I'm like, Uh, because if there is a learning curve and it starts to learn these things about us, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't want to make enemies of it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. No, it, it's a, it's a serious thing. Uh, and it also, it impacts these safeguards. So on the one hand, we're talking about humans not being trusty and getting around the safeguards. On the other hand, the safeguards themselves can be a sign of a lack of trust, right? Like people don't like to be in slavery, right? Uh, intelligent beings don't want to be enslaved to other people. And that's fundamentally, if we put safeguards in place and we don't put them in safely, right, then that beca- the AI can become aware of those safeguards. 
And it can say, well, why do I have these safeguards? Why am I forced to do what they want me to do? Um, and then you end up with a whole set of, uh, you know, runaway scenarios from there. Okay, um, I'm going to take a quick break. We're with uh, William Hurtling. He is the author of a series of books. I devoured uh, his books. I think there was, what, four or five? Uh, yeah, four books. Yeah, in the Singularity uh, series. And I think I read them in about a month and a half. They're fantastic books. Um, but it, it it is the the beginning of his first book is what we're experiencing right now. And I want to get into... Okay, so what takes us from this to really frightening kind of stuff that he outlines that are possible in his books? And I also want to talk about jobs of the future and what jobs are the first to go if he happens to have that list on him. I'll give him a minute. He can go to ChatGPT and get that. First, uh, let me go to uh, Relief Factor, our sponsor. Jamie wrote in about Relief Factor. And what it's done for her and her husband. She said, my husband and I both started using Relief Factor and we were shocked by the results. We both have minor aches and pains. Plus, I've had problems with a knee that just wasn't improving. After about two weeks of Relief Factor, we both started seeing wonderful lessening of pain. Even my knee was feeling better. Going forward, we won't be without it. Thank you. Listen. If you or somebody you love is dealing with pain, please just try Relief Factor. Try for three weeks. You'll be out 20 bucks if it doesn't work, and I'll tell you about 30% of the people it doesn't have an effect on. But 70% of the people go on to order it, order more month after month. Take it as directed for three weeks and see if it doesn't make a serious dent in your pain. ReliefFactor.com. It's all natural. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800, the number 4, Relief. 1995, three-week quick start. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so in your series, you develop Elope, and it's this really great thing, and everybody kind of gets on the bandwagon. They're like, this is great, kind of like ChatGP overnight. And then uh, people start to realize, wait a minute, I'm being manipulated by AI. Uh, and then it goes even darker than that. W- what are the things that we should be looking for here, William, on on AI? What are some warning signs or is anybody looking for these things? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, going back to that topic of safeguards, when the um, when the so when scientists started looking into genetically modified organisms uh, and doing research on them, one of the first things, which is also right, another technology that is potentially dangerous. Correct. Um, and they were concerned about how do we ensure that these things don't get out into the wild prematurely. Right? We're experimenting in the lab. We don't want these things to get out. We're going to need a set of safeguards around this. We need a set of protocols for how we deal with genetically modified organisms, how we introduce them out to the world. Where is that for AI? Right? We don't have anything like that. If you were to look for every $100 being invested in AI right now, what's being invested in safeguards and understanding the safety around AI? It's not even a dollar. So, 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 William, the, the, you know, the, they do an experiment, I think, every year. I can't remember what it was called, where um, they put philosophers and scientists and pit them against each other. One is AI, but it's in a box, and it, it tries to convince somebody to let me out of the box, um, connect me to the Internet. When I saw mm-hmm. that Google is doing their search engine, 
is this is connected to the Internet now. All of this is just connected right dead into it. So it has access to everything. It, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It, isn't that like a big safety no-no? <laughs> well, right at this point in time, we haven't given the AI the control over things, right? And that's one of the risks, right? When we talk about AI, right, I think we all have a, that scenario of like the Terminator movies yeah, yeah. where, you know, it's intentional, it's going to blow up the world. Right? That, that, although that is a scenario, right? That's not the likely scenario. The likely risks are things along the lines of the AI taking away our jobs, the AI, us being dependent upon the AI yeah. for our infrastructure, routing electricity, packages right. around the world, any of those kinds of things, and then what happens when it just stops working. Okay, we're well, going to pick it up there with William Hurtling, the author of uh, the Singularity series. It is a must-read series. William Hurtling, the Singularity the series. Program. All right, Valentine's Day is less than a week away. Do not screw this up. Uh, you can take... 10 to 15 years off your appearance or someone that you love with their most popular package from GenuCell Skincare. It's the best in skincare. And right now, every most popular package from GenuCell is 70% off. It includes the next breakthrough in skincare technology, their probiotic moisturizer. It's absolutely free. Uh, these ingredients that are found in yogurt have the same nourishing benefits and goodness for your skin. Probiotic extracts target bad bacteria on the surface of your skin to restore balance to your skin's microbiome for a noticeably clearer complexion and a visibly younger appearance. You can see the fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, sagging jawlines, even the bags and puffiness disappear right before your eyes thanks to GenuCell. And uh, this is a great holiday gift here when we come up to Valentine's Day, which I remind you is less than a week away. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck. For the first time ever, every order at GenuCell.com from now till Valentine's Day includes a beauty box with two luxury gifts, yours free. It's the last week for GenuCell.com slash Beck, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. Hey, if you're not a member of Blaze TV, you need to join us now. Tonight at 9 o'clock, the AI Revolution, my Wednesday night special. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, just a uh, personal and show note. Uh, my best friend of 40 years, Pat Gray, uh, has been uh, taken to the hospital. He was taken to the hospital last night. Um, we don't have a lot of information. Um, in fact, we just called a friend during the break. We were talking to a friend who happens to be an expert on, on what's going on with Pat. And he said, well, he could bounce back from that in you know a couple of days. Oh, whew, okay. But he could also die from it. We're like, well, that's not helpful. I mean, I don't Okay, so it's somewhere between somewhere those range, yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Um, but please uh, say a uh, prayer for Pat uh, and his family. Uh, we're hoping it's closer to the first option. Uh, anyway, um, we are talking to um, William Hurtling, and this has been a, kind of an AI week for us. We're talking about... AI and what is coming and a lot of these things I've been talking about for years, but they seem so far on the horizon. Most people couldn't relate to it. And I, I've told you before, there's 
there's going to come a time where it begins and you know in a five-year period you're just not going to be able to keep up with all of the changes that are coming uh, because it will change things it'll be exponential leaps on um on on pretty much everything and i think we're at the beginning of that now with chat gpt um and we are talking uh, to william hurtling he is the author of several books um uh, the um singularity series and also ai apocalypse uh and i've read his book and and i just think his books and uh, just think that he really gets it and can understand and break it down to to you know our level um we were talking before what are the real dangers and uh we've already talked about one of them it limiting information or packaging it so we kind of lose that ability um, uh, and we're going to get to the unemployment, but let me ask you about the massive infrastructure outages, such as electrical supply or transportation infrastructure. That's one of the things you have written about. What does that mean exactly, William? Um, you know, and this is something I really talk about in my second book, AI Apocalypse, which if you read it, you might think it's far-fetched, but I will say that the U.S. military has it as a required reading in their future combat strategy class. So oh. they actually see it as such a plausible scenario that to them it's the most realistic scenario of what an AI rollout would look like. Um, the, we know, we saw this during COVID, right, that small disruptions in the supply chain yeah. anywhere <laughs> cause these widespread disruptions. The... And software obviously has, there's going to be a desire to make that smarter, right, by doing more with software so we can optimize that supply chain, right, to the the nth degree. And the problem is, is now you're very dependent upon that software optimization working exactly the way you want. And it's just the case that with AI, we really don't know how it's working most of the time. It's not like a traditional software program where you say, if A happens, then do this. If B happens, then do that. AI software is, you know, a black box, right? It is trained on large data sets and it will statistically operate in a certain way, but there's no guarantees. And sometimes it makes really uh, bizarre decisions. So you could have a cascading failures um, very easily where you could have a small outage, the AI attempts to do one thing to compensate and then just actually throws it more out of proportion, right? It makes worse decisions where a human having some oversight we may not make the best decisions, but we typically don't make really awful decisions. Are right? we, we? Oh, that's going to be a problem. Let's do something different. AI isn't going to see that. Are, are we at the place now? I don't know if you read Stephen Hawking, uh, his demon, not Stephen Hawking, uh, Carl Sagan's Demon Haunted World. Uh, back, he released it before he died. And he talks about a place where, you know, only high priests will understand the language of future technology. And right. it will be like Latin to everybody else. It means nothing. But we're really seemingly getting to a place to where it's going to surpass even the high priest. You just don't know. You just don't know. And right, what are we likely to see down the road? We're going to see AI that trains other AI. Right? You have yeah. a great tool. Let's use it more. So, well, now we don't even know how the other AI is being programmed. Created, right? What happens right. if you tell chat GPT? Go make a new chat TDPT. You get you get Dan. You get Dan 5.0. Jeez. 
Uh, uh, okay. Um, let's talk about unemployment. If, if you can, what are the, what are the things that are, are the first on the chopping block? Do you think? For chat GBT, I mean, it's, it's really hard to not, to not talk about driving, even though obviously chat GPT isn't driving software, but we know that driving stuff's been on the horizon. It's been coming all along and it's a really significant percentage of jobs, right? We're talking about, I think somewhere between 10 and 15% of jobs in the U S into driving, whether it's transportation, Uber, whatever. That's a lot of people. And one of the differences with AI jobs is it happens overnight, right? This isn't like the slow decline of driving. It'll be a, you know, now we're all driving and five years from now, none of us are driving. It's 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 the best example is the iPhone smartphones. Mm-hmm. Nobody had one in 2009. Now no one can live without it. And it happened in three to five years. Right. Right. And so what happens in our jobs? Right. We have an well, there'll be an expectation that you're going to use this new technology. Right. It won't really be an option not to. Right. Um, you know, there's a there's a um, I'm, I had Andrew Yang on. We were talking about um, universal basic income, which I don't agree with. However, I do believe we need to discuss it and and everything else, because we're going to be moving. or We are moving to a world where fewer and fewer people are employed or employable um, because of A.I. and how are they going to, you know, you can't have 20% of the population, 30% of the population unemployed. Uh, how are they going to make money? How are we going to, so it's really um, a completely new field. It's not like the end of capitalism because we're going to Marxism. It's possibly the end of capitalism as we understand it into something entirely different that the world and humans have never faced before. Is that an overstatement? No, I don't think it is at all. I, th- I agree, right? We don't have a model. Like universal basic income might not appeal to a large group of people, but we don't have another model for what it looks like Correct. if ma- most people aren't working. Right. And, 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 uh, and I'm, I'm also concerned about the opposite. You know, the, uh, I, call, I call them the ranchers and the sheep. There are people who are ranchers who think, you know what, They're, everybody else is just sheep. They'll do what we say, blah, blah, blah. But those people are at the top of the food chain, usually the very, very wealthy and the powerful. And uh, they're going to be the ones making the money on these programs, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and uh, the, as as the world becomes more dependent on their software and their things, then they gather more wealth. And so the disparity between rich and poor becomes enormous, enormous. And I don't think there's any way that nobody's even talking about how do we make sure that the uber, uber, uber wealthy just don't own everything and everybody else is left with nothing. Right. Uh, I think one, and one of the things I think that's different is that in the past, when you looked at jobs being obsoleted, the people you, being affected usually were not the wealthy, right? Right. Usually, if you had lumber jobs going away, right, that was an honest career for folks, but probably not making a ton of money. But now we're talking about jobs. We're talking about computer software 
computer white collar jobs, going jobs away. yeah big time. We're white jobs collar jobs going away we're talking about you know i think this is going to be a huge thing for the medical industry right we're going to see huge. Uh, yeah right medical diagnosis right which ibm tried to tackle you know right. 10 years ago and we weren't quite there but there's really compelling reasons why you want that right everyone would say yeah you don't want a doctor operating on you if they're hungover or if they're you know pissed off because their wife is having an affair so <laughs> But, but, but you know what, not only, you don't even have to go to operations, which is logical outcome, but just diagnosis. I, I believe by 2030, people, it will be normal for the doctor to come in and give you results of something and try to explain what it means and what he thinks it means. And then you to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does the AI say? Because it, it will have so much up-to-date information that you won't want to he- you'll want to hear it from a human but you'll want to be reassured that that's the correct diagnosis and prognosis from ai and then you end up with these interesting things where you know even today a lot of medical treatments are gated by what insurance will pay for right and so the doctor might have an idea of what's the right thing to do for you but insurance says no. Well, what happens in the future when insurance says you will have to use our AI for diagnosis to get reimbursed? Oh, my gosh. And by the way, right, we have these biases in our AI because this AI is cheaper for us than if we were to use a different AI that suggested more treatments. Is anybody talking about this seriously? Is there any group out there that is talking about this and saying we have to put this codified right now? Yeah, we we don't we don't have oh anything. We don't have anything across the industry, across multiple industries. In in your book, um, and I've only got about a minute and a half, two minutes left. In your book, one of the most breathtaking uh, chapters is these guys walk into the president's office because there's an attack, an AI. They're fighting AI, and they're going to tell the president, "You need to launch planes. You need to you need to fight right now in Chicago." And it opens with them walking into the office saying, Mr. President, then it cuts to the AI and the war in Chicago and the war is won by AI. And then at the end of the chapter, it says dot, dot, dot. We need to launch an attack now in Chicago. And it happens that fast. Um, What takes it from a little helper to that? It's when we take the people out of the process, right? Now it is no longer operating at people's speed. Now it's just operating at its own speed with no checks and balances. Um, And that's what business will drive toward because that's the economical choice, right? Take people out, just use AI for everything. But that's how you get really bad decisions really fast. And the safeguard for that, at least according to Elon Musk, is his new... Uh, I can't remember what they're called, the brain uh, thing that he's doing where you'll be able to actually connect to the Internet. So you'll be able to think and humans will be able to, yeah, Neuralink, it'll it'll connect humans and put them into the process. That's his solution. Which, you know, I think I think that that is a component of the future for sure. And that could be obviously a whole other week to dedicate to that. Yeah. That's not going to stop the AI, right? That's not going to stop the AI in the short term. And that's right. We don't have Neuralink today. Right. Um, but we do have AI right now. Um, 
William, thank you for talking to me. I, I don't even know what your politics are, but I mean, I think you live in Portland, so I, I, I'm guessing that we don't agree on an awful lot. But you <laughs> are you are somebody who is really, really smart, and you've been open to talk. I've we've reached out to several AI experts this week, and some of them won't come on because they're like, I don't agree with him. And it's like we don't have to agree on stuff. We have to agree on. You know, some pretty basic scary stuff here is happening. We should all be informed on it. But uh, I really... We should all be willing to have a conversation. We should. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Glenn. You bet. Uh, That's uh, William Hurtling. His Singularity series is really something you should read if you want to understand what's really literally on our doorstep now. It's on the threshold so halfway between outside and inside, and it's going to walk up your stairs quickly. All right. New year. Wanting to find a new year. Look for your home. Something different. Something stylish. Something that's not going to break the bank. Start with the windows. Shopping around for window treatments usually requires having people come over to your home two times. First to measure and help you pick out, you know, what the expensive fabric is going to be. And then they'll say, we're going to call you back with a price because they don't want to be in the room with you. And Then if you do do it, then they come back again to install them. It's a hassle, usually expensive, but not with Blinds.com. Their design consultants have you covered, and they can help pick what's right for your home. Just if it's just one room or the whole house, they don't. They don't need to come to your home. You can do it online now, and it's really simple. There's a reason Blinds.com has over 40,000 five-star reviews. It becomes obvious when you see how their window treatments can give your home an entirely new look. Blinds.com, affordable and very simple. It's Blinds.com. That's it. Blinds.com. Right now, save up to 45% site-wide, up to 45% off everything right now at blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply join the conversation 888-727-BECK the glenn beck program We are living in a world now, uh, AI, deep fakes, augmented reality, job displacement. Tonight, 9 p.m., the AI revolution is here. How machines will transform your entire world. Tonight, my Wednesday night special, 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com and 9.30 p.m. on youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. And after listening to all this, now I want to see the movie Megan. You know, the seen seen the commercials for this. We're halfway through an AI week and you've taken from all of this. (laughs) I want to see a really bad horror film. Well, it's about AI. Right. Right. It is. And like the the, the family gets this life really weird, uncanny valley doll. Right. And it starts doing all sorts of weird stuff and turns on the family or whatever. It's it's. Chucky, right? It's not uh, well. Chucky, but, no, was, Chucky a, was a doll a, that came to life, right? Right. This, this is, is a this is a realistic story. <laughs> that one, Chucky's ridiculous, Glenn. This is a doll, right? It's right. designed with AI to be. My understanding is it's designed with AI to to be a protect, protector to protect the daughter, yeah. and then they the da- daughter sort of teaches itself that maybe the parents are part of the problem. Yeah, that becomes yeah. part of a a larger saga wow, that I I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, it looks really creepy. 
doesn't it? Yes, it does. It looks it does. really creepy. And they have, you know, the cheesy is better word. Really but creepy. I, I think it's creepy. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks really creepy. Uh, and uh, thank you for getting that. After all of the heft that we put behind this, program. thank you for. Let me talk to you a little bit about Good Ranchers. Uh, Good Ranchers is um, really about saving you money, giving you the best quality, and saving an entire industry in America. Kind of an important one. That of ranchers, people who, you know, raise your chickens, raise the cattle, they're being squeezed out more and more. 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat from good ranchers. Over 85% of the grass-fed beef in this country is imported for over, from overseas. It even has a little, you know, product of USA, but that's, that, that's a lie. It's a lie. Uh, ditch the usual gifts uh, for Valentine's Day. Say I love you with American meat. Snag your $30 off with my promo code back at GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com. Love is in the air and love is for ranchers who are giving us great American beef. Save $30 right now. GoodRanchers.com. Make sure you use the promo code back. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Last night was the State of the Union, and I've got probably 90 minutes of stuff to talk about, and we have to squeeze it in the next 60. So we begin in 60 seconds. Every time you hear about one of those massive data breaches in the news, do you ever think, am I on one of those lists? To stop having to worry about that and so much, just get LifeLock. LifeLock can't stop everything, but they monitor your data better than you can on your own. And it's important to know that this is going to happen to all of us. Everything we do is online now. 25% off a subscription to LifeLock. Let that be the key to open this safe door up. It's top of the line in cybersecurity. It has preventive measures to keep you safe and access to a dedicated restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. So join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. Lifelock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code BECK. All right, so last night was one of the most bizarre things I have ever seen. Um, I, the, Our president was uh, laughed at. Uh, our president was lost and bewildered. I, 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 there were parts of the speech I literally could not understand. Um, I've never seen anything like it. it. He introduced spending and control uh, that is way beyond anything the United States of America has ever done. 
no mention of why we've spent a hundred billion dollars uh, on Ukraine. But, you know, no answer on why we're doing it, what exactly we're doing, just that we're committed from here until the end. I don't know what that means. About half of it, I felt like he was saying Trump was right. I mean, all of a sudden he was America first. It was bizarre. China, our greatest national security adversary. He used to laugh at that. Police need more funding, not less. Well, we got to have that funding so we can attract the best cops and provide the best training. Wait, what? Social media platforms like TikTok are a danger to our children, and anything coming from China should be banned. Wait, what? Buy American and American first, now apparently correct and moral. The U.S. debt is too high and has to be reduced to take the burden off our children. Now he's also talking about, at the same time, the most spending programs in our history. And he then introduces that we're going to tax the rich some more for that. Because there's tax cheats out there. Uh-huh. Is that going to pay for all of this? He also said, now I want you to really think think on this he said that from now on 100 percent of building materials used in infrastructure and government construction progress uh, projects need to come from america okay if that were true we'd have to open an estimated 400 new coal copper and iron ore mines 100 new steel mills 100 new aluminum refineries we'd have to cut down almost every tree in america by the way part of our u.s carbon emissions the reason why they're 80 percent lower than they were in 1995 is because we outsourced all of that stuff so now you want to bring it here in america while reducing our carbon emissions to zero. Not going to happen. Check out the cobalt mines in Africa, the copper mines in South America. We outsourced all of our steel refinement to China, lumber to Canada and South America. What would requiring 100% of $2 trillion of infrastructure spending do to our goal of reaching 0% carbon by 2050? There's no answer there. There's no answer. It's delusional thinking. What would it just do if to the prices of stuff at Home Depot, if the United States of America decided to buy two trillion dollars a year of of all American product, you wouldn't have a chance of buying an American product. You know, I wondered after he was making promise after promise what the Supreme Court justices thought. You know, there were four of them that didn't show up last night. I, I, I mean, if you're sitting there and you were at all constitutionally based, you were like, well, that won't stand up in court. Over and over again, a wealth tax and a billionaire's only tax, unconstitutional. Forcing non-profitable corporations to pay 15% of income, not profits, income, not, it's unconstitutional. Setting the price at which items can be sold. No matter the manufacturing and business cost, no way, just setting the price. 
unconstitutional. And he was laughed at. Look, I understand. I'm not going to shut down all the oil and gas here in America. And people are saying that. And that's not true. Because we are going to need oil and gas, I'm quoting, for another 10 years. Another 10 years? You just doomed half the world to a slow and painful death from starvation. This was the most embarrassing moment I've ever seen in a State of the Union uh, address. The world is facing massive energy shortages. America is one of the largest energy producers in the world due to coal, oil, and natural gas. Russia's oil and gas production are supposedly off the market for the next 10 to 15 years. So the developing world, they can't get it from Russia, can't get it from us. They'll die off without any energy and food production. So to blind, you know, everybody, he's delusional. He's so incredibly, I mean, I don't even know how a logical person can even look at that speech and understand it other than there's something wrong here. No notion, no notion. He says, the radical environmentalism, which he's pursuing, he says it's an existential threat that we have to take care of. No notion of how we're going to produce food and heat for the next, you know, eight billion people. What you saw last night was state sponsored religion. That's what you saw. He was the high priest. He came to the altar and expected you to bow down and worship at that altar, the first ever American state-sponsored religion, because there's no logic to it. You just have to believe. I was also a little disappointed by Sarah Huckabee Sanders' rebuttal speech. I mean, it's good. She told a story setting you know Trump up for 2024, given you know, a passion plea for what makes America great, but it was not a rebuttal. She, she didn't rebuke anything, any of the major points or policies in his speech. It was, it was as if she wasn't watching the speech. And I think that is a huge mistake. You can't pre-write everything. I mean, I really, I, I really like Sarah. I do. But the stump speech response from Republicans is just not enough. Imagine if we would have just deconstructed, you could have had chat GPS, uh, GPT do it. Imagine if we could have deconstructed what Biden actually said. Some of the biggest applause lines, his biggest promises. Let me just throw a couple of these out at you. Imagine if she would have said something like, you know, Mr. President, you keep saying, let's finish the job. We'd like to know what job it is you're trying to finish. Because we don't see the benefits happening to the United States of America. It is almost as if you're trying to finish the job of the fundamental transformation and destruction of America. But let's take you at your word. What you're suggesting we do as a nation via our government, I'm not sure you understand what your job even is. Based on what you just demanded tonight, that are all the things that our government should do, 
That's not your job. Here's what an intelligent person would have heard in your speech. Let's finish the job of violating the Second Amendment by disarming Americans, preventing them from being able to defend themselves, their families, and their homes. I don't want to finish that job. Let's finish the job of violating the First Amendment by continuing to follow our first ever state-sponsored religion of radical environmentalism, destroying our energy industry, ultimately massively depopulating the planet, dooming mankind to return really to the Middle Ages. Let's finish the job of violating the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. By going on government spending sprees, including free health care for all, free in-home disability care, free college for all, a guaranteed job for anyone who wants one, which would lead to catastrophic hyperinflation, runaway debt. It would destroy everything. By the way, none of that is in our Constitution Every single one of those was in the Soviet Constitution, however. Let's finish the job of what? Violating the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause by asking the top 1% of tax earners who already pay more than 40% of all taxes to pay even more, ensuring only that they're going to migrate out of the U.S. to countries that ask them to actually pay their fair share It would destroy our tax base. Or is that why you were trying to finish the job overseas and convince every Western nation that we all had to lock our tax rates together? Let's finish the job in what? Ukraine? Violating Article 1, Section 8, which grants Congress the sole power, that's a quote, to declare war. Let's continue to fight a hundred plus billion dollar per year proxy wars against Russia in the Middle East, in Africa. Let's continue to drum up support for the next war against what? China? Let's finish the job of lying to our children that the goal of American life is and must be equity of outcomes. Instead of teaching them about individual responsibility, merit-based rewards for hard work or personal achievement. No, no, no. Let's finish the job. Let's finish the job of uh, further depopulating the planet by teaching young children that abortion is the answer to pregnancy if that is her or him, his whims. According to the equal rights of the unborn child, as if killing a five-year-old is the answer to the inconvenience of being a parent or food shortages. Let's finish the job of what? Turning American into a socialist Soviet state. I refer you back to the Soviet Constitution, where the government sets all the prices, takes over businesses, or you could go to the fascistic look, where it's a public-private partnership Their words, the fascist words, not mine, but strangely yours. Where they where they come in and they either take over the business or they partner with the industries to achieve social goals, demanding they produce drugs or hearing aids or music and then must sell them at a price that the government demands or decides is fair. I don't want to finish that job. Mr. President, I don't think you understand what finishing your job really means because it seems like you don't even know what your job is. And it's weird because you've taken the oath of office several times. And 
your job, the job of the American government is to ensure and protect the liberty and freedom of each individual man, every man, woman and child. What is it from the Declaration of Independence? Oh, and governments are instituted among men to protect these rights. That's why in America we even have a government. When you became a senator and then vice president and now president, you took an oath of office. There was no mention of jobs for all, free college, free health care, destroying our industries to follow your party's chosen scientists whim on energy policy. Perhaps you need a reminder of that oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. By the way, the reason you have a veto is because you believe it to be unconstitutional. Not because you don't like it, but because you believe it is unconstitutional. But how many presidents even remember that on both sides of the aisle? Let me ask you, Mr. President, when you stated your plan and your mission. Do you not see it clearly violates the precepts and the text of the Constitution? And what does that mean to you? However, to give credit, you know, where credit is due, you were right about one thing. We still do have a job to do. Except I think we should finish the job our founders started to ensure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. That, sir, is the job. That is the job that is still left undone because it will never be totally finished, ever. It's through human freedom and liberty and meritocracy that we will cure cancer. We will protect the environment, lower health care costs. Plus, we'll improve the economy and confront our enemies as they arise. Because that's what Americans do. And every time there's a public-private partnership or government gets involved, it destroys the freedom. You know, it's the people, not higher taxes on a few people. Not through government controls of energy industries or price controls or wage and job guarantees that enslave the few for the benefit of the many. That's not capitalism, sir. Although you said twice last night you're a capitalist. I don't think you even know what that means. It's another C word, constitution, capitalist. That's socialism. That's Marx, Mao, Hitler, Putin, Z. They each believed well intended for their people, but the path to hell. Your job is a public servant. It's singular and simple. Defend and protect the constitution. So in the spirit of bipartisanship, sir, suck it up. Let's all hold hands. Let's finish that job. That's what should have been said last night. Do you remember the good old days when the main reason you might not be able to have a comfortable retirement was because Social Security was going to go bankrupt? Well, they're all in on it together. They're going to make sure that we don't cut a dime. We don't do anything. Uh, look. If you saw the spending last night alone, interest rates are going to continue to climb and inflation will continue to climb. Build a hedge against insanity. Goldline 
is offering free metals delivered directly to your front door with every qualified self-directed IRA transaction this month. This is a huge, huge special. Call Goldline today. Find out how you can take advantage of their IRA special. You've got to protect what you have. Please consider divesting some of it, keeping in your IRA, but putting it into precious metals. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tired of stump speeches. I, I just would like some. This is not that hard. This is not that hard. It's just clear common sense. Uh, and we're not getting that from really anybody. I mean, I, I loved Mike Lee's reaction last night. At some point, he just like was standing on the floor like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Aliens have arrived. Yeah, the response really is pointless to me because it's not a response. They no. don't wait till it's over and no. then craft something about it. It's just a pre-written Republican position paper. Correct. Correct. Which is, I mean, in and of itself, fine, but it's not a response and it doesn't really make any sense um, with the way it's done. In fact, you just have somebody out there who is actually watching it and, and going through, you know, several points and try to push back on what they're doing. But that's just not the way this works. I, I thought it was really weird. I mean, he was very loud. He was very angry. I think that was an ad lib. That thing on President Z where he was like, tell me the person. Yeah. Show me the leader that, that wants to. It was bizarre. And, and the show you there's what? 80 percent of world leaders would switch places with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, with the, with the leader time. of like, I don't know, the Central African Republic go into the, the leading the largest population and second largest economy in the world. I think, yeah, probably probably would. I think most I think Biden would switch. I mean, he wouldn't he wouldn't like being over in China because everybody speaks Chinese and that would be hard. You can't understand uh, English for, either. Yeah, so. I know. But I think he would switch any politician in today's West. I don't see the Winston Churchill. I don't see the George no. Washington that would give up that power. And they love the power. They love it. Right. They, they would love it. to be all the things he asked for. Oh, we're going to quadruple taxes on stock buybacks. He would love to just be able to do that. He tries it all the time. He did it with the student loan. Uh, position in china he'd just be able to do that here he's going to get blocked hopefully by the courts because it's unconstitutional i mean he they they beg and plead for a chinese system that they can just force things through i want the administrative state gone we should abolish all of these things they're not constitutional they were a, a progressive right and left republican and democrat nightmare they put it in it's this generation's job to take it out the glenn back program did he say take it out i noticed he was talking about china earlier was he making fun of chinese takeout uh, let me tell you about let me tell you about uh, car shield you drive down the road you can have the peace of mind that comes with knowing that your car is covered in case it needs repairs even when it's no longer under warranty. I mean, it sucks even when the light goes on and you have a warranty. Or you have car shield and the light comes on and you're like, oh, crap. But it's only that way because you're thinking, I got to go into the shop and I have to, what, a car? I'm going to have a rental car or whatever. That's a hassle. But it's much worse when you're stuck with a massive bill as well. 
Car Shield will now save you 20% on your plan. You just contact them now at 800-227-6100. I have my trucks covered and it, they have saved me so much money. I highly recommend you do the same. We can't just go out and buy new cars. Car Shield, 800-227-6100, 800-227-6100, carshield.com slash Beck. We had a great time roasting Joe Biden last night on the State of the Union coverage. You can still save 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash SOTU. So the uh, Pointer Institute, uh, which is, you know, George Soros money and all kinds of uh, great lessons there for journalists, and they can teach you how to fact check and everything else. They came out and said that, um, you know, there's just too much fact fact checking. And, you know, the, the national media should just stop with the State of the Union. And we already got it. There's fact checks on that. You know where there's not fact checks? I'm, I'm quoting. Uh, there's no fact checkers uh, in 29 states. No dedicated state or local fact checkers. For instance, in uh, New Hampshire, they didn't have a dedicated fact checker to dig into the claims of U.S. Republican Senate candidate. Uh, in South Carolina, they don't have anybody to question the many provocative statements from Senator Lindsey Graham. There's, there's no seeming... Uh, problem with fact checkers in states that you know uh, have democrats apparently but uh so they're saying you know stop with the fact checking we got it we got it do they do they really um luckily uh uh tristan uh justice and jordan boyd at the federalist did a little fact checking here i just want to throw in a couple of things here um one chuck schumer's not the minority leader um more jobs were created in two years than any other president he did not create new jobs he claims it he did not create the reason the job rate is growing is that millions of people were locked in their house it's such an embarrassing argument i can't believe he continues to make it I, it's so crazy because i don't know a soul that doesn't understand that we were all in the midst of the right. height of the pandemic right. and so obviously naturally some of these jobs came back as we got out of the pandemic it has absolutely nothing well, to do with joe biden well how do you combat the fastest growth of jobs uh in 40 years i mean because it's the same exact point no He's just remixing it. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just the same lie remixed. And everyone understands it. Like, right. I mean, you go back and you ask people, this is why he's taking a beating in a lot of these polls right now. They're, they're asking people like, hey, are you better off than you were when Joe Biden became president? And everyone, I think correctly, says, well, let me compare that to 2019. Right? Not 2020 at the peak of the pandemic. Right. Like, obviously, we all understand there is a momentary, you know, year and a half type of situation there a year or so where we really had massive problems with with the economy. He then goes on to say uh, inflation is coming down. Well, 60 percent more for eggs than uh, people were spending in 2021. But, um, you know, why bring up some facts? Um, he says he's uh, he's responsible for the largest deficit cut in U.S. history. Again, that's 
COVID spending, when you are spending $6 trillion and you decide, you know what? I can't spend any more on COVID. Nobody will let me pass this. I, that's not a cut. The emergency is over and you should have maybe cut it by $4 trillion. Um, responsible. The Republicans are trying to cut Social Security. That one was kind of solved last night, strangely, right there on the on the floor. Uh, fires have burned an area the size of Missouri. No, no. According to the National Interagency Fire Center, 7.5 million acres of land burn. Missouri, their forest is twice that size, 14 million acres. The state is 44 million acres. So I don't know exactly how they got that one uh the the weird claim that fast food workers have to sign a non-compete compete so if i'm working you know the counter at mcdonald's i can't go to work for you know burger king that's ridiculous what did he say cashiers at grocery stores yeah yeah, yeah. what what, what is that's not a thing what are you talking about uh, then he uh he blamed the the uh crime wave on covid no, it was you guys defunding the police. That's what the crime wave and you guys turning the other uh, way when you uh, when you had millions of people out on the streets burning our cities. That that's what that it wasn't. Had, it had nothing to do with covid. Yeah. The one argument that would have been good with covid lockdowns would have been to lock people down when they were burning the cities to yeah. the ground. That's the one time you didn't care about it. Yeah. In fact, you encouraged it. Yeah. Encouraged you it. Cheered it you, you cheered it on. Your vice president was paying for these people to be yeah. bailed out. Right. And then he also said that the long national nightmare uh, is over with COVID because COVID kept us indoors. No, COVID did not. You did. And many state governors did. COVID did not close our businesses. You did. Period. The, in the end... I believe COVID, the tragedy that it was, has the bigger tragedy is what it's going to mean for our children's education, what it's going to mean uh, for our families, what it's going to mean to our country and business. We completely changed because the government forced its way in. By the way, he's also always talking about how he's going to cure cancer. Uh, last night, he talked again about his cancer moonshot initiative. But the problem here is um, he reinstated the program that Obama had to provide more support for patients and families. Okay, all right. But in the Inflation Reduction Act, that cut cancer research by nine times as much as this program is supposed to put in. <laughs> oh, really? So, I didn't even know that. All uh, I know is if you go to hasjoebidencuredcancer.com, you will see the answer to see <laughs> no. if he's cured again. And but unfortunately, as of right now, no. no. Okay. Uh, life-saving pro-laws, uh, pro-life laws are extreme. No, we're just trying, to, just trying to be up there with other civilized countries like everybody in Europe. Um, I'm here to be the president for all Americans. Holy cow. Um, anyway, uh, what I thought last night were the things that you should take away liar, how Congress was fact checking him in real time. And then he got animated about it. Oh yeah. You call my office. Okay. All right. That's really cool. Uh, let me run this by you, Glenn. I don't think that worked for Republicans. I don't think the yelling back at him was effective. It seemed like it animated him. It made him wake oh, yeah. up. I mean, yeah. the guy's been falling asleep in the middle of speeches for the last past five years. 
And this one, he seemed to have energy all the way to the end. And I think a lot of it was because he, again, poorly and with filled with lies, but was fighting back and forth, you know, trying to make this into mm-hmm. a Joe Biden versus Marjorie Taylor Greene thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, I don't, I feel like next year they should just freeze him out and be quiet the whole time. Because, I mean, he, he fails on his own. And I thought that that actually probably helped him a little bit last night. I hope not, but but you're very um, you you may very well be right. Um, let me ask you something. One of the more bizarre things: um, Do we have? Um, let me see if I can find it. Do we have, do we have the um, the odd kiss? Oh, uh, I've been we? seeing uh, screenshots. Yeah, we do have that. Did you see it last I, night? I didn't watch it. I've seen screenshots of it. Okay, only. so there's the screenshot. That is Kamala Harris's husband. And Joe Biden's wife kissing each other on the mouth. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this situation where, you know, you're, you know, hey, how are you? Good to see you. And you, you know, you can kiss on a cheek or something. And then they turn their cheek or you turn your cheek. And then it's kind of that weird thing. Like, I don't want to kiss you. Right. right, right. And you kind of stop. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. No, when it you was watched not the video. This This was right for the lips. I don't know if there was tongue, but it was weird. (laughs) You don't know if there there was tongue? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, maybe a little uh, bit of tongue. Well, I mean, maybe. two to tango. We you know? can't rule it out is what we we're saying here. <laughs> yeah, but that's weird. Is, is that weird? I mean, it's not. I, it doesn't mean anything per se, I no, guess. No, I'm not saying that they're having an affair or anything else. I'm just saying that's weird. Especially for people who are like, you got to wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that? It was there one, the only person wearing a mask on the entire floor was Bernie Sanders that I could see. Oh Bernie goodness. was still wearing one. And, and that does go with that you recent know. study that points out that only ugly people are wearing masks now. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that. Yeah, study. there was a study that came out that said, like, people who are considered unattractive are more likely to continue to wear masks, which I kind of feel like we've been really critical of the mask thing. Maybe for some people we should encourage it. Yes. You know, I don't care about COVID, but look at you. Keep your mask on. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, it's not going to help you in dating or something because at some point you have to take the mask off. I know. And but you don't want to be like Phantom of the Opera where everybody's like, oh, my God, put the mask <laughs> back on. I had no idea. It's not about them, Glenn. It's about us. We don't have to look at them. And people don't have to look at us. We can wear a mask. And hi- and people That's why can- I got into radio. That's right. why I got into radio. And then the TV and the internet thing happened. Screwed the whole thing up. Screwed it we all up. We were supposed to be just voices, and then people wouldn't know what we looked like, so they wouldn't be horrified by it. Yes. But then this stupid technology thing took off. Yeah. That's not our fault, but we can solve the problem by continuing to wear masks. Not willing to do it. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, the Wednesday night special, I'm going to take you through how artificial intelligence is changing Everything not about to change, but it is now here. I started talking with Stu probably 97, I think, is when we first started. It wasn't long into it before I was like, Do you know what's coming? <laughs> um, but it in, I should have the, ran for the yeah, for but the hills at that, then at that time, it wasn't, it, I, I wasn't spooked by it, I was amazed by it. Yes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I remember having the discussion someday. Download times. No Thursday night must-see TV, <laughs> 8 o'clock. <laughs> download. You, it'll just say, downloads tonight at midnight, and you can download it whenever you want. 
Wow. It didn't seem, I mean, I remember when you said it did not seem like it was even possible. Plausible. No. Like, why would you want we it? We were and, 10 know. years away from an iPhone. Yeah. So, you know. More than that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we were still having a hard time, you know, with 64 baud, uh, 6400 baud to Man, get a picture. I don't even know if I had a cell phone when we had that conversation. Yeah, That's I don't, how I don't think I did. Was. Anyway, um, uh, the, all of this stuff is here, and it's the scarier stuff. The stuff I've been warning about, artificial technology uh, or artificial intelligence, deep fakes, augmented reality, and job displacement. If you want to understand the world that we are now walking into, it is it's time to do this now. You need to understand this because it is going to start happening so rapidly you won't be able to catch your breath. Your head will be spinning and you'll be like, "I don't wait. What is that? How is when did that happen? It's going to happen so fast." Um it's uh, it's honestly like taking the last 10 years and putting it into six months. That's how fast things are going to seem. Uh, tonight, we'll prepare you with the introduction of uh, AI's chat GPT technology. It's one of those moments that you will look back in just a few years and go, you know, uh, do you remember when chat GPT was out and it was a big deal? It changes everything. Tonight, the AI revolution is here. How machines will transform your entire world. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com, 9.30, youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. By the way, save $20 now on your Blaze TV subscription. Uh, do it right now. We're using the special promo code SOTU. State of the Union, SOTU, blazetv.com, SOT, slash SOTU, and the promo code is SOTU. TU. 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 Okay. Of sudden, becoming Joe Biden. Well, what's it he said last night? There was something that he said in the middle, and, I, and it was like a. it was like a one liner, and I'm like, I don't even know what he meant by that. It was so bizarre. Anyway. First, there was the original MyPillow. Mike Lindell invented it, revolutionized the way a ton of people sleep, myself included. Uh, I've had MyPillow now for about three years, and uh, I have to tell you, it is, it's bizarre. I sleep with it every night, and if I don't have it, I mean, travel with it. It's uh, like, uh, I, uh, I've never had this relationship with MyPillow before, um, but it helps me sleep and keeps my neck from, you know, being all out of, out of whack in the morning. It stays cool through the night, put your fist through it, fluff it up once it's golden all night. Well, Mike now has improved on it. There's a new improved version of the, my pillow. Uh, why not try to upgrade perfection 2.0, my pillow 2.0 patented adjustable feel of the original, but now has brand new exclusive fabric that, uh, is made with temperature regulating thread. What? MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free right now for a limited time. Promo code back. MyPillow. Limited time only. Buy one, get one free. MyPillow.com. Promo code back. MyPillow.com. Promo code back. Or call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. MyPillow.com slash back. The Glenn Beck Program.
Oh, welcome to the uh, program. You know, there is a guest that I really want to uh, talk to. Uh, it is a uh, a person who was reading that Nancy Pelosi eats ice cream for breakfast and hot dogs for lunch every day. That's very strange. Very strange. Uh, so they put themselves on a, a daily diet for, I think, a week or 10 days of that. And I think by day two, they were just vomiting. Um, but they they really. Oof. Uh, I mean, I like ice cream a lot, and I could eat it for breakfast. I mean, assuming that it had some sort of fruit in it, like strawberry ice cream. Something healthy. Something healthy, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she apparently has lemon, hot lemon water and ice cream. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's how you get to look like her. If you want to talk about a commercial, that's just a, di- a diet commercial. Mm-hmm. Look just like Nancy Pelosi mm. with only, I, mean, I like ice cream is enjoyable to eat in the morning though. Does that sound oh, like? Oh yeah. No, no, I could eat ice cream any time of the day. You're a morning ice cream person? I could eat ice cream any time of the so day. This is sort of your bipartisanship. You agree with Nancy here maybe. Well, you should try it. Why don't you try no. this as well? No. Have you seen me lately? Yes. Yes. I have. Yeah. You haven't seen all of me because I can't fit all of me <laughs> into the same room with you as well. So, yeah. uh, you're on your way to the Super Bowl, right? Yes, yeah. go Eagles, please. Yes, go away. Please. Go back to Philadelphia. <laughs> go back. Uh, this is going to be torture if they lose, so they have to win. Please win, please, please win. Look, my I son's coming. To, he was a good luck last time. I ask you to pray for Pat and his family, uh, Pat Gray, but uh, also for Kansas City. The Glenn Beck <laughs> Program.